You are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach. And although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Thompson Pinder. And I'm so excited to announce that in August, we will be having the 400th episode of the Author to Authority Podcast. And in celebration of that, I have decided to do the top 25 episodes of the Author to Authority podcast for the whole summer. And we will celebrate the 400 about mid-August, so there'll be a couple of episodes after that. And I chose these episodes because they were the ones that I just personally felt were the ones that gave tremendous amount of value that were going to help you as an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, a coach to move your business forward. These were value-packed episodes that are just going to give you action steps that are just going to really propel you to the next level. So I'd love for you to sit back, relax, and enjoy this top 25 episode. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today I've got a guest on that I am pretty sure is going to have a massive impact on just about every listener on the Author to Authority podcast because he is going to be talking about the one area where almost every entrepreneur, small business owner, coach, professional, struggles in. And that is the S word, sales. And yes, I know you want to call it how to get a client or lead generation or marketing. But the reality is, is that if you cannot generate sales in your business, you do not have a business, you have a hobby. So I want to introduce to you David Fletcher, and he is the founder and owner of the Maven Sales Group. Uh, He's been a sales coach and sales consultant for 20 years now, and we were actually joking about it just before the call because I had said to him, I saw a post on Facebook that that said, you know, the 80s only seemed like 20 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So he has been a sales consultant to many, many companies and businesses for the last 20 years. He is also the father of five kids, so that in itself massive kudos. So welcome, David. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that, Kim. Excited to be here. And just before we get started, don't forget, I always love to give things away. If you would like to get a sample of my newest book coming out in 2020, which incidentally is called Author to Authority, you can text the word author to 58632 and uh, you can get a sample of the book. So David, you've been an 
an entrepreneur for a very long time. And I know you've come prepared to share just a little bit of your story with us today before we get into the sales stuff. So people can really understand where you've come from and why what you're going to share is just so powerful. Sure, absolutely. Well, thank you. So, you know, it's funny, back in, uh, it was the late 90s, working for uh, a systems integrator in Washington, D.C., very good company. We had, a, a, at the time, 135 to 150 employees, and I was the VP of sales and marketing. Doing really well financially, doing well professionally, enjoyed my job. And it just one day came to me that, you know, the work that I'm doing and, and the time that I'm putting into this business I would like to get more out of it and I would like to get more, more satisfaction from the work that I'm doing. And the only way to do that was to become an entrepreneur and, and to really own the full process and own the full kit and caboodle, if you will. And so in literally in 2000, was at the time purchasing a home because I was moving closer to DC, went to my lender, told them I was thinking about resigning and they immediately said, oh Lord, please don't do that because that will change everything in your loan. So I signed for my home on a Thursday and we completed everything. And on Friday, I went in and resigned. <laughs> and the CEO said to me, why are you leaving? You've got a great job. You're doing well. We're successful. And I just told him, I said, I need more. I want more out of this. I, I want it. And I don't mean just financially. I, I just, I want more involvement. I want to be the one running everything and, and being responsible for everything. At the oh, time, it sounded uh, great. Interesting. Right. At the time, it sounded great. But then once it really happened, it was like, uh-oh, why am I doing this? <laughs> but yeah, that's actually how it all came about. It's, it's funny. We laugh about that all the time that, uh, you know, literally went to closing Thursday afternoon, finalized everything. And uh, we, were, we had dinner. We actually had sushi in the house Thursday night, uh, celebrating the, the new home. And then Friday morning, I went in and resigned. So... After that, and that was in 2000. Since then, I have been a consultant, been an entrepreneur, and uh, really focused on on sales, sales coaching, sales consulting, and, and helping others sell and sell more. Awesome. So like every entrepreneur, you probably went through a couple of really rough periods. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, Kim, yes. There's definitely some rough periods, especially you know, when, when you are the primary breadwinner financially in the family and you have kids. So you've got a lot of responsibilities. You know, there, there was a time early on when I, when I started my, so when I left in 2000, I started a company called Systech and Systech was Systems Technology Group. We were a systems integrator and we were not doing any government work, any DOD work, which is what my, my previous position was. And so we were in the market, we were in the private market. And, and, and as a result of that, it was a little bit harder to get the work. Yes. And so was able to bring in one or two deals really quick and they were going well. And, and not that the fat cat syndrome set in, but the ability to back off and, and kind of enjoy it and, and be focused on what we're doing and delivering took over. And what happened was, and I, and I learned this really quick, is I stopped selling. Mm. And because I had a good pipeline and we had projects in-house that we were working on, I just, I was the salesperson and I stopped selling and I was more focused on making sure we were delivering uh, what we were supposed to be delivering to our clients. And as a result, it, it was going up and then it came right back down. Now, here it is at the time, let's see, on the first project, I hired four people. So I had four people on payroll and now I have no work. 
So now mm. I'm scrambling to find work. Well, you have to put time in to keep your pipeline healthy. You can't yes. just all of a sudden turn it on. It doesn't work that well or that way rather. And so that was one of my biggest struggles was figuring out how do I keep selling while we're still working and we're still delivering. And because it, it I bet you it took a solid year for me to, to figure out how to do that. Because mm-hmm. uh, as entrepreneurs, we're so busy running our business. We get wrapped up in everything. And if we don't have a sales team, which most of us don't as, as small business owners, you have to continue selling regardless of what's going on in-house. Yes. And, and that's, that was one of the first lessons I learned. And it was a hard lesson because I, you know, I, like I said, I had people on payroll. I had to put two of them. I had to lay off two of them. And, and so they were on unemployment and, and it was a struggle. It was a struggle. And it was a terrible feeling to do that to people because I felt like I didn't hold up my end of the bargain. Yes. Um, I wasn't responsible enough to say to realize that, hey, I've got to keep selling because I've got to keep these, these resources busy. But once I learned how to do that, business did well and business really took off at that point. But, but it is a struggle. It's a, it's, it, and that's one of the issues for entrepreneurs selling is time, finding the time to sell. You know, and, and we talk with, with sales professionals all the time. They struggle to find time for lead generation or demand gen, whatever you want to call it, where they they have to be focused on going out and finding new people, new new contacts, new yes. new leads, new prospects. You know, they get wrapped up in their existing contacts and working them and and following up. Um, and so it's the same thing. We we as owners will struggle to find that time. Right? We already work twenty four seven. We all know that as business mm-hmm. owners, we work around the clock. But you have to make time during that day, during the business day to make sales calls, to have sales meetings, to have those interactions. And, and that's something that, and we'll talk more about that later, I think, but that's definitely something that, that every entrepreneur has to learn how to do, not just how to sell, but how to manage their time so they can sell. And, you know, it was funny, you said that word sales call, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, and I mean, I do them all the time, but I know for entrepreneurs, as soon as you hear that word sales call, it's like, it should be on the top of your list, and yet it's one of those things that you just kind of slide to the bottom because you right, really right. don't want to do because because of the N-word. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, and part of that, that reason is because it, 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 it's too close to a cold call, mm. right? And, and so we don't want to make sales calls because you're right. We don't want to hear no. We don't want to get blown off. We don't want to... Here we hear rude things all the time, right? I have a sales staff here of five, and and they hear we we actually enjoy it. It's comical to us. Um, <laughs> we actually just received an email back from one of our outbound uh, campaigns. We received it yesterday uh, that said, "You are burning up my inbox, boy." That was sent back to uh, one of my sales reps here, and so we we got a kick out of it. And we actually have a, a wall of shame here in the hallway, and we 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 print them up and we put them on the wall because we we hear some things. But you have to have the the thick skin. You have to, mm-hmm. you know, just yes, I'm going to get 99 no's before I get one maybe, right? Yeah. And and so the key there though is is not make it a cold call. And, and find a way to make it a call that's helping that prospect, right? Yeah. And so for us, when we work with, with companies and as we're out in the marketplace helping other companies sell, we talk to them all the time about don't do an outbound campaign cold calling. Send those people in that, that outbound targeted campaign, send them content. Give them something of value. Find a way to help them. And if they engage with you, great. Now you can start having a conversation. 
Yeah. But if you were to just pick up the phone and start, you know, talking about your your product or your services, blah, 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 you blah, and blah, everybody blah. else, exactly, exactly, that doesn't work. You have to find a way to help them, and mm-hmm. and the only way we can help them is give them something of value, right? Share with them a piece of content that normally people would come to your website and download. Well, now we could actually say, you know what? Let's send it out to everyone on this list. Mm-hmm. Let's just, we're going to write a very provocative email. We'll include a link. Here it is. We're giving it to you. It might help you. You might want to take a look at it. It's worth yeah. 10 minutes of your time, stuff like that. And obviously, you know, you want to make sure you have the backend technologies that says, that tells you, hey, they opened your email or they clicked yes. the link or they haven't read your email because all that helps. Yes. But that's, that's the key. Stay away from cold calling. Don't make sales calls that have not been warmed up by content because that cold calling style is it's dead. And that's why people don't even answer their phone anymore. They don't want to answer their phone because the only people that call them are salespeople, right? I used to tell people all the time, I get two types of phone calls. One salespeople trying to sell me something Two, my wife telling me what to pick up from the grocery store on the way home. That's it. (laughs) Those are the only phone calls I get. Right. So you, you have to make sure that you find a way to get get their attention and, and interact with them and help them. Otherwise, why do they want to talk to you? And, yeah. and you're just another service provider. You, you, you know, yes, you might be different. You might be better. You might be cheaper, whatever it is. You'll never get to that point because you're just another service provider making a phone call and, mm-hmm. and they avoid that. You know, and I think, too, especially when you're, you know, it's different when you're a medium to large size company, but you know, when you're a small business entrepreneur, you know, all those categories, I think, you know, a a key word that you have to understand is relationship. That's right. That's right. If you want to stand out, you have to take that time to create the relationship before asking for the sale. Mm -hmm. That is correct. That is correct. And that, that starts by creating value. Yes. Right. You have to add value. If you're not adding value to someone, whether it's their their current position, their job, their project, or their life in general, mm-hmm. you're you're just someone else bugging them. You're just another salesperson. And you know, I, I like to joke about it that as sales professionals, we are guilty until proven innocent. No one wants to wow. talk to us until we add value. If we show yes. that we have knowledge, expertise something along those lines that can help that person, they're, they're not engaging with us. We're just another salesperson. And you might be the owner of a business that has a great service. Doesn't matter. You're just another salesperson. They won't even know that you're the owner. They'll never get to that point. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of leads us, uh, I think, to one point that you wanted to talk about today. And that is about understanding the, before you approach people is understanding the value that you bring. That's right. That's right. Very important. And, and I've, I've brought that up a couple times already. You, you have to find a way to create value. You have to know ahead of time what your value is to that person, whether it's because of the role that they're in based on their title or because of the industry that they're in. You should know whatever your service is or your product is, you should know what pain you're solving. You know that there might be two or three pains that you solve. And you have to know who typically has that pain. It's what we call the ideal client profile. Yes. So if you can identify those, those pains that your ICP most likely has or will have, 
that's a great person to start talking to because you can create value. You know ahead of time what your value will be once you get them to engage. And that's why you use the content ahead of time. Use that content to try to get them to engage with you and and get them to start reading or visiting the website, even if it's subscribed to your blog, anything. That's your starting point. And that will get them going. So now I know I can create value. Without having value, without helping them, I have no value. I'm just another salesperson out there. Um, I'm not helping them in any way, shape, or form. And honestly, it becomes, at that point, it's all about me as the salesperson. It's just me thinking, oh, you'd be a good fit for me. And so I'm going to try to talk to you. That doesn't work anymore because you know the, the buyer's mentality and the buying process has changed. It's changed a lot over the mm-hmm. last 20 years, uh, especially with, with the internet and all the data that they now have access to. And, and, and I'm sure most of the people listening to your podcast know the buying process is typically anywhere between 70 and 85% complete before they would even talk to you. They've already yeah. said, hey, I have a problem. And now I'm going to do some research to figure out how I'm going to solve this problem. And you might be one of the ones that could help me solve the problem. Now, the downside to that is they start to, they try to commoditize you, Hmm. right? And they start to commoditize you because they came to you and you haven't had an opportunity to create any value. Yes. Right. And that's the danger. We all love inbound leads and believe me that they're my favorite and I I would rather have all inbound leads, but I know (laughs) before you engage with that inbound lead, you have to learn as much about them as possible yes. and share something with them that's going to start to show the value. And it could be in a conversation, sharing your expertise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be just letting them know, hey, this is what you're going to be facing. This is what it's going to look like. We've done this with other clients. Here's what's going to be happening over the next 30, 60, 90 days. Yep. Right? I've got to create that value because if I don't, they're going to come to me and say, hey, I've identified my problem. I think you're the one that could solve it. How much is it going to cost? I don't want to get into a how much does it cost conversation. I want to have a how much is it worth conversation. Yes. And I can't engage in a worth conversation until I've created some value. Once I create that value, now I have a little bit more control and influence over that conversation and I can get them to look at things differently and I can start to show data and show numbers and you know, what does an ROI look like? And, and, you know, in the sales and marketing consulting area, they're always looking at ROI. So I have spent X, what business are you going to drive to my, my company? And, and they, they want to see that return. Well, you can certainly start doing that. And, and the more you can do that upfront based on your past experiences with other accounts and other clients, uh, the easier the sale. And, and that's, again, that's the key of creating that value ahead of time so that they'll have that conversation. Because if you haven't created that value, they won't engage in that conversation. It's, they feel like they're being sold to. And no one likes to be sold to. Yeah. Right? That's, that's, why, that's why Carvana and other online car shopping now exists, right? You can mm-hmm. literally just go online and pick out a car and buy it. You don't have to talk to anyone, yeah, right? And, and there's a reason for that because no one likes to be sold to. And I think it's important when you look at ROI or return on investment, you know, you have to be able to show that to your client or potential client because they need to see that. And return on investment is not always just the financial. Um, you know, 
one of the things that I talk about with my clients, you know, as, as we do the onboarding or even pre-onboarding process is the value of your book. You know, the value of the, your positioning, the value of how people see you, you know, the value of the fact that you can solve their biggest problem before they even meet you. And so, you know, when you're looking at the ROI or the return on investment, you know, as an entrepreneur, I think you have to, especially when you're in service, because it's not something physical. It's not always something tangible. I mean, yes, with my clients physically, you know, they have a book at the end of the thing, but most of the process is service and they don't see the product until the very end. So, you know, when you're providing that service, and you're looking at that ROI, it has to be more than just the financial return. If you're going to be able to convert those people, you know, you have to be able to show how your service, you know, is going to change their life in many different ways. That's right. That's right. And that's why any good entrepreneur that is successful in selling and growing their business has the business acumen to talk about cost. Right? There are three types of costs that we have to be able to identify with a prospect as we're going down the path of that ROI conversation. There's direct cost, indirect cost, and opportunity cost. Opportunity mm-hmm. cost is the one that I love to crack that eggshell open and get them talking about that because if they get some of them get, get really excited because they start realizing like, holy cow, I haven't really thought about it this way. And, and getting them to, to open up and, and looking at what they're missing out on because they haven't spent the money for a service like what what you might be providing is a great feeling. And again, you're not selling to them, you're influencing them. Mm -hmm. And having that opportunity cost conversation is a great tool in the sales process. And that's something as a sales coach, I try to get salespeople to do more of, but it's a hard conversation because you have to fully understand business. But most entrepreneurs should be able to understand it to the level that they can talk with a prospect and say, hey, look, I know enough about your business. Let's talk through your direct costs. Great. And they're they're pretty easy. Now let's look at some of the indirect costs. Okay. A little bit of gray area there, but that's okay. Now let's talk about the opportunity cost. And they all stop and they're like, okay, well, what do you mean? Well, yeah, let's talk about all cost? the things. Right. Let's talk about all the things that maybe you could be doing or you would be doing differently or, you know, how bringing in, you know, for, for us, bringing in a sales coach, sales consultant, whatever it might be, how that is going to change your life. How is that going to change your business? And then when they start getting that, it's all this perceived value. Right. And, yes. and that's where that's why I said that really influences that ROI conversation, because, yes, we're going to have that ROI conversation and we will look at actual data. But they also know about that opportunity cost. Mm-hmm. Right. Because now look at all this opportunity I'm going to have by by bringing in this this partner, by bringing in this vendor. It's really going to help me with my business. It might help me personally with my life because maybe I can go home. At night, I don't have to, you know, for us, you know, being on the sales side, hey, hey, VP of sales, wouldn't you like to actually go home and see your kids instead of staying in the office till seven o'clock, right? Well, let us help you do that. Um, and, and those are those are some of the things that, that we talk about when, when it comes to actual selling. And, and those aren't traditional sales conversations. Most people don't think about that. But it's, it's more than just a uh, conversation that says, you have this problem, I have this service, we can help you. It has yeah. to be more than that has to be so much more than that. Mm-hmm. And that's why 
a little plug for Larry, you've got the book up behind you, Selling from the Heart. As you know, that's a lot about what Larry talks about. Larry Levine. Yes, right there. Great, great book. And that's exactly what, what he's trying to get more people to do in, in their sales process and, and in their, their tactics and their approach. And that's why I love Larry and love Larry's book. I feel the same way. I coach the same way. And I think that's, that's something that uh, is, is missing. And a lot of our, our younger sales professionals, they're, they, yeah. they're not, they don't pick up on that part yet. Well, we're going to have to let Larry know he's on the podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Actually, I think we should do a podcast with the three of us one day. I think that would be a really Oh, that would be a blast. That Absolutely. would be awesome. And maybe Absolutely. even get Daryl in on it as exactly. well. Exactly. I will say, yeah, throw Daryl in the mix. We'd have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching and listening to the first part of understanding the value you provide as an entrepreneur. Part two will be on the very next episode of The Author to Authority. And we're going to explore, David and I are going to explore that topic in a lot greater detail. You've been listening to The Author to Authority Podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.